Great Detectives of Old Time Radio from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. A reminder, if you've not already, please nominate the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio in the People's Choice Podcast Awards at podcastawards.com. We're currently in the running for Best Male Hosted Podcast and Best Entertainment Podcast. Again, that's podcastawards.com before July 31st. Now let's get into this week's episode of Philo Vance. The original air date on this one is June the 14th, 1949, and the title is The Combination Murder Case. Jonesy. All right, no, Miss Dixon, right all. I'm finished with the lawn, anyhow. Oh, Miss Dixon, that young David Allen is in the house. He's been waiting for you. I saw him come in. Let him wait. Do him good. <laughs> when I was a young fella, gal didn't treat a fiancé like that, no, sir. Fiancé? You mean ex-fiancé? Well, in that case, I guess it's different. I didn't know. Neither did he till this morning. Where's he waiting? Inside, somewhere, miss. I'll just put the car in the garage. Good enough. Take over, Jonesy. Yes, ma'am. Been pushing a lawnmower all day. Now I get to have something push me. <laughs> now for a session. That you, Joyce? Yes, yes, it's me. I'll be right in. There you are, Joyce. I've been waiting for you. Whoever would have guessed. What's the matter? Didn't you get my letter? Yes. Came this morning. First thing this morning before I left for the office. Well, if you got my letter, what are you doing here? It said pretty plainly that you and I were washed up, didn't it? Because if it didn't, I'll tell you now. We're all washed up. Now beat it. All right, Joyce, I'll go, but tell me why. What have I done? Done? You haven't done anything wrong, if that's what you mean. Except for the fact that you have no money, and that doesn't matter because I've got plenty. You're perfect. You're good-looking, normal, and your nails are always clean. There's nothing wrong with you except that you're dull, that's all. So because there's nothing wrong with me, there's something wrong. Well, maybe there is something wrong with me. Something that you don't know anything about. Oh, this I've got to hear. Look, Joyce, I know where you get your money. I know that you don't own an honest dollar. Why shouldn't you know that? You work for the man who takes care of my business. You realize that all I have to do is tell what I know about where your money comes from, and you'll go to jail. Oh, now we're getting around a blackmail, are we? Well, that's a point in your favor. I never tell unless you make me, unless you... Do what you said you were going to do in that letter. And then what? Then I'll see to it that I'm not the only one that's hurt. Joyce, you've always had everything your own way. It's about time you were paid off. You've been getting away with murder all your life. Oh, I have, have I? I've been getting away with murder all my life. Yes, you have. Keep talking, Alan. You're giving me an idea. Good heavens, my boy, stop sitting at your desk mooning. What if our beloved client decided not to marry you? Forget it. I can't, Mr. Stone. You know, there's a strange philosophy employed by young men. Unless they garb their thoughts in the deepest black when a romance is done, 
To their minds, the romance was not worthwhile. <laughs> Come, boy, we have some figures to go over. Now, Miss Dixon's income for last week from the two gambling houses was... Now, let me see how much... I'll answer it, Mr. Stone. Oh, sorry, lad. Can't have any of my clients hear that voice of yours on the phone this morning. They'll think things are desperate in this office. Well, aren't they? That, my boy, we shall discuss in a moment. Hello. Uh, Bartley Stone speaking. Mr. Stone, this is Jones, Miss Dixon's gardener. Well, what is it, Jones? Mr. Stone, I've been gardener to the Dixon family for 20 years. If Miss Dixon's parents were alive, I could go to them, but... Now I don't know what to do. Come, man, what is all this? Mr. David Allen, the young man who works for you, Mr. Stone. Yes? Last night, he and Miss Dixon had a terrible argument. After I put the car away, I heard them threaten each other, and... Well, Mr. Stone, they both sounded as if they meant it. Oh, they both did, eh? I kind of would like you to do something about that, Mr. Stone. I definitely will. Uh, Thank you for calling, Jones. Goodbye. That was Miss Dixon's gardener, Alan. So I gathered when you mentioned his name. He said there was rather a serious quarrel at the house last night. I'm surprised that you lost your temper, my boy. Look, let's not pretend any longer. Of course, you realize I know Miss Dixon owns a string of gambling houses. But I also know how you've been stealing from her. So, don't you try to be the big white father to me. Alan, my boy, you surprise me. Yes? You surprise me greatly. And in the light of your remarks, perhaps I might relieve poor Joan's mind. He begged me to do something about your threatening Miss Dixon. You know, Alan, I think Joan has something there. Come. Mr. Markham? That's right. Please come in. Your secretary said it was all right to come in. Yes, she let me know you were coming. You're Miss Dixon. That's right, Joyce Dixon. All right to sit down? Please do. Allow me. Look, Markham, let's you and I not kid each other. You're the district attorney and you know a lot about me, only you haven't been able to prove anything, right? Go ahead, Miss Dixon. I came up to tell you a couple of things. One is that I'm selling out. I won't be operating after this week. And the other things? I'll take them in order. My money is being handled by a guy named Stone, Bartley Stone. You know him? Vaguely. That's all anybody ever knows him. He's been stealing from me every week for I don't know how long, but I don't mind that. You don't? No, why should I? He runs my business, and he's stealing less than the next guy would, so what's the difference? Mm -hmm. But he's got a young kid working for him, a kid named David Allen. I was engaged to him until yesterday. Nothing you've said sounds like a matter for you to come to me with, Miss Dixon. I don't want any matter concerning me to come to you, Markham. Especially, I don't want you investigating... My murder. See what I mean? Oh. Uh, I wish you could stay a few minutes longer, Miss Dixon. My friend Philo Vance is expected here any minute, and there's nothing he likes better than to meet an intended murder victim. Think I'm kidding, don't you? No, I don't think so. But I think you know you've caused my office a great deal of trouble in the past, and, well, you're not exactly one of our favorite people. That means it's okay for somebody to murder me? Not at all. But the point is that... Well, hello. Vance, come in. Thank you. This is Miss... Joyce Dixon. How do you do, Miss Dixon? I'm Philo Vance. How do you know my name? We've never met. No, that's right, we haven't. But your initials are on your handbag, the name Joyce is on that pin you're wearing on your blouse, and besides, Mr. Markham's secretary told me. (laughs) What are you upset about, Miss Dixon? Who says I'm upset? You say it. Oh, not in words, but there's a bit of polish peeled from the index finger of your left hand. Women generally do that when their nerves are acting up. Not only that, but you undoubtedly left your home in a hurry. Now, wait a minute, Vance. If there were anything obviously wrong with the way Miss Dixon is dressed... Look, both of you, stop taking me apart. 
All right, so I'm nervous. I'm upset. I did leave my house in a hurry. Who cares? But how did you know, Van? A woman's curiosity finally triumphing over her sophistication. Miss Dixon, your makeup is very revealing. You neglected to use mascara on the eyelashes of your right eye. The other eye is made up perfectly. Either you were too upset to realize what you had missed doing, or too much in a hurry to leave, or both. Okay, so it was both. Now let's stop this before you tell me what I had for breakfast. Look, Vance, I came up here to see Markham, but now that I get a look at you, I'd rather talk to you. Well? How'd you like to be my bodyguard? Professionally. What else? Hmm, I'm sorry, but I'm not interested. Now, Markham, Let's I... say my escort. Well... I'm on a spot, Vance. Markham will tell you all about it. There are at least two guys who'd be happy to see me dead. And I've got an idea they're not the patient type. Miss Joyce, if what you really want is protection, the police will supply that. Skip it, Markham. I don't only want protection. I want Vance. Hello? Joe's Diner. Oh, hi. Uh, This is Dave Allen. Apartment 3A in the boarding house on the corner. Uh, can you deliver some food up here? Uh, it's a little late, Mr. Allen. Ten o'clock. Well, it won't take you a minute. Okay. What do you want? Get me some tomato juice, a sandwich of some kind, and a bottle of milk. Uh, what kind of a sandwich? We got all kinds. Oh, I don't care uh, anything. Uh, how about a combination sandwich? Okay. Have it up in five minutes. Tomato juice, sandwich, and a bottle of milk. Anything else? Yes, but... It's nothing you can do anything about. I will have your table in just one moment, Monsieur Vance. Thank you, Jacques. Well, Miss Dixon? Having wonderful time. Glad you are here. Thank you. The show you picked out was real good, Vance. And this joint is real classic. In any event, you have been safe all evening. That I have. Well, you've brought me up to date on your situation, Miss Dixon, but you haven't told me too much about your ex-fiancé, David Allen. How about that? But Dave? Well, let's see. He's tall, blonde, wears heavy glasses, eats only what's good for him, salads, stuff like that, drinks milk all the time, and wears three-button suits, only he buttons all three buttons. You know the type? <laughs> Quite well. Sounds rather conventional. That in itself is enough for me to dislike the guy. Oh, here's the head waiter. Right this way, if you please, uh, Monsieur Vance. I Thank think I have you your Vance. Oh, Vance. Oh, excuse me just a moment, please. I'll be right there, Markham. Markham? wonder what he wants. Jacques, would you please escort the lady to my table? My pleasure, Monsieur. Don't be long, then. You should have enough conceit to believe that I'll want to hurry. Excuse me, please. This way, if you please, Miss Dixon. The table is right this way. What is it, Markham? Vance, I'm glad I found you. Your very efficient secretary told me you were here. A very efficient employer always gives her his itinerary, Markham. What's the matter? Vance, David Allen, the ex-fiancé of the young lady you've been escorting all evening, was found shot to death an hour ago. Really? Where? In his room. From what we can gather, he came in at 10 o'clock and immediately ordered something from a place called Joe's Diner on the phone. At 10.15, the man from the diner found the door open and Allen dead. Well, this started out as a pleasant evening. Now it's becoming an interesting one. I'm going to go to work on this case at once, Markham. And perhaps I'll get some food for thought at Joe's Diner. Only 
to me a thing like this happens. Only to me. You realize why I'm asking you these questions. No, I don't, Mr. Vanson. I don't care. Only to me does a thing like this happen. Ten o'clock, I'm ready to quit work, and I've got to take an order from a guy who gets killed a couple of minutes later. Now, let me get the facts straight. Mr. Allen called you at ten o'clock. On the nose. He orders tomato juice, a combination sandwich, and a bottle of milk, and he hangs up. Only to me does a thing like this happen. Then he gets killed. Yes, and only to him did a thing like that happen. Well, thank you very much. I have an idea that what you've told me is very important, which makes it exceptionally important that I find out what it means. Vance, there are too many things about this case I don't understand. No explanations yet, Markham. That is, none that would satisfy you. Well, we'll find out in a moment about Mr. Stone. He's Miss Dixon's business manager, and David Allen worked for him. Yes. Now, let's hope he's at home. There's one way to find out. That's his apartment door. <laughs> I see what you mean. <laughs> I don't hear anything from inside, Vance. I don't either. You know, it is possible that Mr. Stone isn't at home, even though it is two in the morning. Yes, it is. No question about it. It's also possible Mr. Stone took a sleeping pill, fell asleep, and is too drowsy to hear our knocking. Oh, please, Van, stop being so logical. <laughs> all right, all right. I'm coming. Oh. Who is it making all that... Oh. The district attorney. Hello, Stone. This is Philo Vance. How do you do? At some other time, under some other circumstances. Meeting the great Philo Vance would indeed be a pleasure. Gentlemen, I've been asleep. I've taken a sleeping pill. Vance and figured I... as much, Mr. Stone, but we've got to come in and talk to you. Very well. Come in. <laughs> but if I fall asleep, it won't be the company. You understand that, my friends. Neither the company nor the hour. <laughs> Merely the pill I took. Please come in. Thank you. And now, gentlemen, what is it that I can... That undoubtedly must be for one of you. It can't be for me at this hour. Why not try answering it, Mr. Stone? Excellent idea. Hello? Hello, Bartley. Oh, Joyce. What is it you want at this time of night? Bartley, come over to my house at once before the police get here. My gardener, Jonesy, has been murdered, and I've got to talk to you. Oh, I see. Well, I'll call you later. You no. can talk to her now, Mr. Stone. We could hear Miss Dixon very plainly. The police are here now, Joyce. Oh. I'll be right over. Goodbye. Goodbye. So Miss Dixon's gardener has been murdered. I'll get Sergeant Heath on the phone at once. Do that, Markham. Oh, by the way, Mr. Stone... How long had you been sleeping, would you say? Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure. I, I guess I stopped reading about midnight. What time is it now? 2 a.m. Well, what about it, man? Why the question? You were reading in bed, of course. That's right. I put on my pajamas, took a pill, and got into bed. Did you now? Mr. Stone, do you always put your pajama coat over the shirt you wore today? You ought to be a little more careful. The collar's quite visible. You'd been out. Only came in a few minutes before Markham and I knocked. Where had you been? Wouldn't you like to guess? Yes. And wouldn't you like to know what I've guessed? Mr. 
this is District Attorney Markham. Philo Vance says to call this the combination murder case. It opened with a completely conflicting situation. David Allen, former fiancé of Joyce Dixon, was found dead in his room at 10.15, and a nearby restaurant reported he had ordered a light snack at 10 o'clock. While the medical examiner is conducting his investigation, Vance and I have learned of the death of a man named Jones, Miss Dixon's gardener. My men report that Bartley Stone, business advisor to Miss Dixon, is at her home now. It is ours later. Now let me see, my dear. This is quite a problem. Quite a problem. I don't need you to tell me that. Listen, Bartley. I have an alibi for Dave Allen's death. I was with Vance. But I was at home when Jonesy was killed in his quarters. Why did you kill him, my dear? I kill him? Why should I kill him? I don't know. But if you didn't, why send for me? Now, look, Bartley, let's not get cute with each other. I don't want any investigations around me. I can't take them, and nobody knows that better than you. Well? You've got to do something for me. If anybody asks you any questions, you can tell them that you were with me. That you met me as soon as Vance left me at the Golden Eagle nightclub. You were with me for hours. (laughs) Preposterous, my dear, preposterous. Vance and the district attorney were at my apartment when you phoned about Joan's murder. I've told you that. Yes, but you also told me that Vance figured you weren't asleep at all, but had just come in. Okay, so you admit you just came in. You were with me. That's all there is to it. I admit that sounds very good for you. Why should I lie for you? For a very good reason, because I can send you to jail for mishandling my money if you don't. You can send me to jail? My dear, where do you think you'll be when you do? All I have to do is talk, you know. You won't talk, and you'll say what I told you to. Joyce, put down that ashtray. Put it down. We can discuss this reasonably. You'll tell Vance you were with me, do you hear? Now, Joyce, listen. Keep away from me. You and I can make a deal. Put that ashtray down. You'll tell Vance we were together? No. Practically sent out an invitation for this, Bartley. You begged for it. No, no, don't. don't. Hello? Miss Dixon, this is Philo Vance. Oh, hello, Mr. Vance. Rather late for a social call and much too late for a business call, isn't it? I'm just trying to make an appointment for breakfast with you. Can Markham and I pick you up at, say, 930 I don't know why not. No, but I'll wager you'd like to know what for. Now, Markham, please stop concentrating. It's a beautiful morning, and we're on the way to the home of a very definite suspect, Miss Joyce Dixon. Suspect in which murder, Vance? Both murders. She has a slight alibi for the time when Dave Allen was murdered. She was with you. So it would seem. But I'm not certain she was. Well, we know Allen came into his room and ordered something to eat at 10 o'clock and was found dead at 10.15. Or do we? The murderer would like us to believe that, I'm sure. In fact, that might be the reason poor Jones was murdered. Vance, you're going much too fast to suit me. And much too slowly to suit me. Uh, drop me at the corner of Miss Dixon's house, Markham. I'd like to go in there alone, if you don't mind. I'll do it on one condition. Tell me when this case will be over and why you think that Alan might have been killed long before 10 o'clock, at which time we think he called Joe's diner. All right, Markham, I will. Wait a minute. What is it, Vance? I've just thought of something. You drop in on Miss Dixon, Markham. Stay with her all day if you have to, or get a police guard for her. What's going on, Vance? I'm going on to see Bartley Stone again. One piece of information, and by this evening, Markham, I think I can promise you this will no longer be an unsolved murder case. 
nasty cut on your head, Mr. Stone. What happened to you? An accident, thanks. I hardly imagined you'd done it on purpose. Mr. Stone, there's only one question I have to ask you. By all means, sir. By all means. I'm quite at your service. Thank you. You see, Mr. Stone, I believe that David Allen and the gardener were killed by the same murderer. And I think I know who that is. Oh? Oh. Tell me this one thing. Did you ever have dinner with Allen? Did you know anything about his personal habits? I didn't associate with my employees, Vance. But I did have lunch with Allen several times. Did I tell you what you want to know? Not yet. Tell me a little more about him. Things you do know. He was quiet, reserved, conservative. He was a vegetarian. and He never drank anything but milk. Very healthy young man, sir. You'd think he'd have lived to be a hundred. Now, have I told you what you want to know? You most certainly have. Now I'll tell you something you might not want to know. By midnight tonight, you'll be in jail. Uh, Don't get up, Miss Dixon. I'll answer the phone. It's my house, Markham, or am I under arrest? No, not yet, but I'll still answer the phone. Hello. That you, Markham? Yes, Vance. What are you? I've just left Bartley Stone. Listen, Markham, is Miss Dixon there with you? Of course. Why? Ask her this question. I'll hold the phone. Ask her if Jones, the gardener, was ever in the house when David Allen was being served anything to eat. Just a minute, Vance. Oh, Miss Dixon. Well, what is it? Vance would like to know whether your gardener ever saw your ex-fiancé, Dave Allen, have dinner at this house. No, he never did. I didn't allow the gardener in the dining room. All right, so what does that make me, a snob? I don't know yet. Oh, Vance. Yes, Markham, I heard Miss Dixon. Tell her it doesn't make her a snob. Tell her it makes her a murderer. here, Vance. What's the idea of having me held here in my own house? That was my idea. It was to prevent you from killing anyone else, Miss Dixon. Oh, really? And just who am I supposed to have killed? Your ex-fiancé and your gardener, and I don't doubt that you might also try to kill Bartley Stone, which is one reason I thought I might have to confine him to jail for safekeeping. (laughs) Philo Vance, the great mastermind. You stand there and tell me I murdered a man who was killed at 10 o'clock at night while I was with you at 10 o'clock. Oh, brilliant deduction, Vance. Don't understand how you do it. David Allen wasn't killed at 10 o'clock. The police believed he was because of that phone call made to Joe's diner. Only Mr. Allen didn't make that call. Your gardener did. Oh, you were there and saw him, I suppose. I didn't have to be there. You see, your gardener picked up the phone at your orders, and he told Joe's diner to send him some food. But he included in that food something that told me the whole story. He included a combination sandwich. Very interesting. And that proves conclusively that I killed Alan. It doesn't sound as if it would, but it does. You see, a combination sandwich consists of ham and cheese. Alan was a vegetarian, but your gardener didn't know that. Alan would never have ordered a sandwich with meat in it. 
So Bartley Stone could have been the man making the call, establishing an alibi of his own. No? No. Stone knew that David Allen was a vegetarian, and he isn't the kind of man who'd forget. I'm not the kind of girl who forgets. You know, you really are brilliant, Vance. By the process of elimination, you figured I killed Alan, then killed my gardener so that he could never say he covered up for me. Exactly. And right now, you're imagining you're going to kill me. Oh. It's more than imagination. I'm going to do it. Right now. Please put down that Uh, gun, Miss Dixon. Mine uh, is pointing directly at you. Markham, where did you come from? I'll take that gun, young lady. And in answer to your question, I've been in the back of the drapes in this room. Vance asked me to be on hand. I'm very glad I did. Well, now you know I killed two men. I made the mistake of practically admitting it. Vance, what made you suspect me? Tell me that. It'll make me a little happier. What made me suspect you? Merely the fact that you wanted me around the night David Allen was killed. You wanted it to be known that you were with me at ten o'clock, at which time you had your gardener presumably establish the time of death. It was a little too rigged. Didn't strike me right. That's fine. You get a hunch, I get a murder rap. Well, that's the way things go, I suppose. I'd like to know one thing, Miss Dixon. Why did you kill your ex-fiancée? He was going to turn rat. Tell what he knew about me. Just to convince me he wasn't such a goody-goody. And that was the end of him even though he didn't know it at the time. Yes, Markham, that was the end of him. That also was the end of a faithful servant who tried to cover up a crime for Miss Dixon. And this is the end of the combination murder case. Welcome back. I had never heard of a combination sandwich before. I imagined it would include like multiple meats on it, but I guess the ham and cheese combination does make sense. Uh, Looking into it online, I don't think this is a, a modern sandwich term. It is one of those interesting regional things in the United States, uh, at least it used to be, where the names of uh, very similar sandwiches would be very different based on the part of the country 
that you were from, whether you called a sandwich a hoagie or a sub sandwich. And there are probably a lot of differentiations. I would love a mystery where the detective deduces that the suspect is a liar based on how he describes a sandwich and it not being geographically appropriate to the background that's claimed. I've yet to see that clue, but I think it's a good one. Or, you know, probably for more of a vintage mystery, I don't know if there's a huge difference in the way sandwiches are referred to. Some of the national chains may have, you know, changed people's ways of referring to sandwiches and made them more nationwide, so I'm curious about that. But there was definitely a big difference in past generations. The motive, I have to admit, at least from a modern perspective, well, and maybe from perspective of someone back then who thought about it too hard, is a bit baffling. The ex-fiancé was going to show that he was not a goody two-shoes by going to the police and blowing the whistle on her. I'm going to show how much of a bad boy I am by going to the police and making a full statement. Of course, this does kind of tie in to a sort of a code of silence, of not informing, of not, as she put it in the episode, being a rat. It's this sort of idea that was in a lot of turn-of-the-century literature, certainly going into the 1920s and then into some of the early gangster films that created this sort of stigma against going to the police, against informing. And you'll see a lot of efforts to counter program against that. Obviously, it still persists in many areas of the country for many reasons, though none related to 1930s gangster film. I actually think with everything we learned about the victim, his decision to date and propose to a racketeer was kind of uh, out of keeping with the rest of his characteristics and actually suggests that there is more to him than his seemingly boring habits. So obviously we didn't get to explore that. I wonder how long Markham was waiting behind those drapes. Also, since Markham uh, witnessed the confession, that he would end up prosecuting the case. He'd have to have an assistant do it. I do wonder how many cases he would have to step aside from prosecuting because he ended up being Philo Vance's sidekick. Not too many. Uh, he got into the physical action uh, this week, I guess because the actor who plays Sergeant Heath just wasn't available for some reason. This is an interesting show as the cast does seem to... Uh, vary with availability and have to work around that with Markham seeming to take on more uh, effort in the story than he really ideally should based on the availability of other actors. Also, why was the victim's boss dressed in his clothes and trying to disguise why he had been out. That's never explained, and if he didn't do anything wrong, it's really odd behavior. You know, you, you can throw in those red herrings, but they've got to have some logical basis, and sometimes the writers on this show kind of forget that.
Now it's time to thank our Patreon supporter of the day. Thank you to Alice, Patreon supporter since April 2021, currently supporting us at the Detective Sergeant level of $7.14 or more per month. Again, thanks so much for your support, Alice, and that will actually do it for today. If you are enjoying this podcast on YouTube, be sure to like the video, subscribe to the channel, and mark the notification bell. We'll be back next Thursday with another episode of Philo Vance, but join us back here tomorrow for yours truly, Johnny Dollar. They're filled with understanding and with a lot of questions about the Beauregard establishment that still needed answering. I started to open the door of my car when I caught a flash of white at the corner of the coach house. Somebody had seen me and then tried to duck out of sight. I walked across the drive and moved quietly up to the corner. Evening, Lois. Can I help you with that? No. No, I was just going to burn some trash. Well, fine. Let me put it in the incinerator for you. No, please. Oh, it's no trouble. I'll just... Hey, have you sorted through this? There's something heavy inside these papers. Lois. Please, let me have it. You won't understand. Well, you're the first one around here who hasn't thought so. Lois! She sounds impatient. You better run along. I'll take care of this for you. No, please, you... Oh! I knew what it was already. And in a moment, I had it unwrapped. A thirty-two caliber revolver. And one chamber had been fired. Recently. Mr. Dollar? I slipped the gun in my pocket and shoved the papers into the incinerator. Mr. Dollar? Uh, right here, Miss Beauregard. Oh. Oh, I saw your car was still in the driveway and I... Just checking the layout of the grounds. I'm leaving now. I hope you'll be with us then. In the meantime, do send your comments to Box13 at GreatDetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives. And check us out on Instagram. Instagram.com slash GreatDetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.